And welcome to Slip Angle Show. I'm Adam Jabay. I'm Hi, Derek Yarbrough. I'm Derek Yarbrough. How goes it? <laughs> uh, d- you made it home from uh, Michigan, Derek. I sure did. Everyone else. How was that? How was that? Everyone else was already at work on Monday and talking about it sucks being at work and I was still driving. Yeah. Uh, how far is that drive from Austin to Gingerman Raceway? It is like if you Google map it, depending on traffic, it's between 17 and seventeen to 18 hours drive time. But by the time, right. like even with stops for gas and to, and to pee and let the dog out and stuff, like it usually, even if you go straight through, through takes probably about 21 hours if we're hauling ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty far. Yeah. And uh, so it's... 20 so like my my new truck i got it has it keeps track of how many miles uh you towed because it like all the towing like lights and stuff is all connected inside the truck oh yeah, yeah so computer yeah com- computer control brake control yeah that. it's all computer controlled so it's like it was uh 2246 miles round trip wow that's a lot wait no that's a wait, lot no, no no it was more it was more it was almost twenty five hundred, so it, it was like it was like twenty four hundred and eighty, something like that. It's like about twelve hundred and fifty miles each way. Why do you do this to yourself? Um, because I really like racing with <laughs> you, dumbasses. Yeah, that's a lot of driving, man. That's your second trip to Gingerman. You made a trip to Mid Ohio. Uh, you flew up to Autobahn and to Blackhawk. Yep. Um, you drove to Atlanta. Yep. And you drove a non-streetcar to what else? To Colorado and and to I drove to Colorado in my streetcar with my wife and dog, and so that was like a bit of a va- right. family vacay there. And then for Road America, yeah. for Road America, I just drove up. That's right. I drove up in my Corolla by myself because the plan was to race Road Atlanta and Road America. Um, but yep. my dumb 7.3 Ford decided to shit its uh, injector O-rings and injector cups like right in right before we were about to leave, ten days before Atlanta. Yeah, like days. Yeah, yeah days before. Yeah. So, yep. so you know, I spent all in all ended up spending twenty eight or twenty eight hundred dollars getting that truck back together and good to go by the time I'd use a mechanic because I was in such a hurry. Uh, yeah, and you know, like it's a big job too. All the the injectors are not an easy job. In I could have done it, um, but it would have taken me like you know every weekend for a month. By the time I figured it, I had to do it all. And to do the injector cups, yep. you have to rent this tool, and so you have to give like a five hundred dollar deposit, and then it comes in the mail, and you use it and send it back. And um, so I so basically like that blew my budget to do both races, and so I rented a truck for Road Atlanta. Uh, from one of the big rental companies, I like went and scoped out uh, the rental companies that had hitches, and then I towed with no trailer mm-hmm. brakes to to Road Atlanta in a rental F one fifty. It's not the worst thing. No, nah, it was fine. Well, like cause you, cause you, yeah, you you got a pretty light, pretty light trailer. Yeah, my yeah, it's light. It's a, it's an aluminum, but it's a big aluminum. It's probably like twenty two or twenty four foot long aluminum. So yeah, I, it it's what eight like an eighteen foot deck or something like that. I don't know. It's long. It's it's long enough to yeah. um to where 
you can park my Miata at the back and you could probably fit you could fit like a couple of Groms in front of it if you wanted to. Yeah, it's probably it might be like a twenty foot deck though. I think it's pretty long. Yeah, it's it's Corvette size. It's size to ha to be able to to the guy who bought it uh bought it for a Corvette. But but anyway, yeah. that blew my my budget to do both races, so I had to pick. And I picked Road Atlanta because the the whispers in the air was that it might be the last festival this year, so I chose that one. Even though I'd never driven Road America, I didn't want to miss racing Road Atlanta for, you know, I don't know if we'll be back, but just in case, you know. Right, that makes sense. Yep. And uh, what'd you think of uh, what'd you think of racing GLTC at Road Atlanta? It was exactly like I racing and amazing. It's my favorite track. <laughs> it's your favorite track. Yep. I've now, I, I've, I, you know, as far as like big tracks, I've now driven Coda, Road Atlanta. I did drive Road America in a Mill Tabs uh, NA, the BP Beast, which is not long for this world. The BP Beast. It's about to be the K Series Beast. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I drove, I driven some, you know, <laughs> freaking K Series. Some of those big tracks, and uh, Road Atlanta is definitely my favorite. It, uh, I enjoy driving it. Um, there's, there is something like that turns me off a little bit about the amount of risk at some of the turns. Like it's like, it's like a, it's, it's almost like too much. They put way too much concrete around that place, but that also adds, to, adds a little bit to like the, uh, the grandeur of it. You know, I don't even, um, I don't even, let's, I don't even think about that stuff like, when I'm. On track. Well, it's 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 easy to not think about it when you're on track, but like my like the last four years, my position at that place has been like trackside, watching a car here and there hit the wall. Uh, we had almost no cars wreck this year, uh, which was amazing. Um, and even even last year, we had like eight or something, which is it seems like a lot of cars. But when you have like almost 350 cars throughout a weekend, that's a pretty low percentage, I guess. But um, or 300 cars or whatever that was in, with in, drift cars. I don't remember how many it was. In yeah. motocross, we like to we like to like talk about this uh, this kind of third dimension of a track, and we call it flow. And like Road Atlanta right. has flow. Yeah, so no, like, I I love the flow of that place. I love the flow of Mid Ohio. I love the flow of Blackhawk. Yep. Um, so an example of no but, no flow yeah. would be Gingerman. Gingerman has reverse flow. I, I I disagree. I think the backside's pretty good flow, but it's probably because I've done I've done twelve hundred laps there. Yeah. I, I I've got I've always got a special place in my heart for Gingerman because of uh, uh, the things that we've done there and like all the fun I've had there. Um, Did you do your first but, track day there? Uh, uh, yeah, that was my first track yeah. day, and I've probably done. I think we've hosted like pushing like 60 days there now uh or 50 days there probably and i've probably done a i've probably done 120 track days there um or 50 events i mean i probably well, i don't even know I'm, i might have done 200 uh track days there and maybe hosted like 100 of them i don't know um, i think it was the second place that i raced i like my first real wheel to wheel race like scca sprint race was at mid ohio but uh Gingerman actually was the first place that I did real wheel to wheel in Lemons Race too. So I've done like a lot of first things there. So. Yeah, I would say, I would say my first real wheel to wheel race was Grid Life uh, inaugural Grid Life Cup race. 
Wait, you did comp school, but that you really yeah. didn't race anybody else. Did I wasn't. I was the only person in class, and I was the slowest class car out there. So, yeah, they they don't put um, ST five with that fast group anymore. I don't think, um, but like it was right. a new class, and I was the only car, so I ended up in that run group. So it's really just like open passing HPD for the most part. Yep. Yeah, just looking out for people behind you. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, it's been a long. How many year, How many races did we do in Grid Life Cup? We did Mid Ohio, yeah, Midwest. We kept adding. One, we, we kept adding them and never changing the website. So we have to be better about that <laughs> next year. <laughs> we did one, two. The third one was what? Uh, third one would have been Pikes Peak. Um. Wait. Yes. Uh, Autobahn or no, Blackhawk was the fourth. Yep. Road Atlanta was the fifth. Road America was the sixth. Uh, was the did we do seven weekends of it now? Yeah, because the uh, fall special was seven. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of that's a it was a, a lot of uh, a lot of fun. I made it so. to every race and uh, four with my car. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. And I and especially I, for living on the wrong side of the world. Yep. And I did, I did, I did race a race in Blackhawk. I smoked the tires in Dan. You did. You 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 finally killed the old Falcons. But <laughs> I did finish um, the race. We uh, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun in Dan. I drove my first GLTC race in Dan, uh, Dan the sedan, because um, my car wasn't done. And then my car got out to Blackhawk. Uh, it was okay. The brakes were pretty mediocre. I was probably like, I felt, I felt like I had about fifty percent of the braking capability I needed. But at Blackhawk, there's only like, there's like three hard braking zones, and like only like two of them are kind of scary. Like, the one right after the the left hand sweeper, the the turn seven or the the, I think that's turn six actually, maybe five. Um, that that right hander before you like cross the 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 uh, the gate yeah, area. Yeah, that's where you know? I locked up in Dan. Uh, yeah, you can take that one like I, I I early braked that one a little bit, and you can take that turn like really fast and use all the rumble on the left hand side. Um, but yeah, the turn seven and turn one braking zones at Blackhawk, my car was a little scary. Um, I thought I had it fixed for this weekend, and uh, I didn't. They were like maybe five percent better, not much better. I changed master cylinder sizes for the third time and just bled the snot out of them, kept bleeding, kept bleeding them, and I think I figured out that it is uh, Willwood calipers where the pistons are not moving properly. They're, I rebuilt them, and they were like, there was like a couple of pistons in each caliper that like didn't, they just weren't that good, you know, like they didn't go in and out all that well. Um, and I thought I had them working pretty well, and I think they're all binding up. When I push the brake pedal, I can hear like squeaking, like I can hear bending noises, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so I'm pretty sure that's why my why my pedal feels bad to, and why the brake force is bad. Time and, to ditch uh, those things. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to like some factory Integra GSR calipers just and throw some cheap pads in for now and like. So is that? I just even with, before I get on track, I'm gonna just test it. Would that be the Integra GSR like a, a DA or from a? Or um, it's uh, it's. They're they're the same basic brakes from a DA and a DC. Like the the DC is like the ninety four to two thousand, like you had. Yeah. Um, and that and, that's the uh, same. And it's like a ten. It's 
that's the same that came on the Type R's too, right? Uh, no, Type R had a little bit bigger brakes, um, an 11 inch rotor, I believe, and a little bit bigger caliper. Type R had like the CRV uh, SUV caliper. Oh, can you fit those? Um, I can, uh, but I it, it really doesn't. There's really no benefit to it. It's not that much bigger. Uh, um, I see. I'm gonna just slap. I'm gonna slap the. I'd have to do. Uh, which I'm, which is something I might do. It's just more weight up front. I don't think I really need the braking like force and like heat dissipation because I've got the GSR size rotors with these Willwood DPHAs or whatever. And the your, your car's so light, the, like it's gonna be fine. Yeah, I think with ducting, I can just make some some basic calipers work for now yeah. until I, I decide mean, what I want to do. That's all. Money it, that's all. It's on my car. Just sliding calipers. I mean, they're big rotors, but. Uh, no, I I just kind of refuse to put any more any more like money into it until I figure out like what the root cause is. So I'm gonna put some calipers we got laying around on, and just see if I can make this thing stop well. Cause like yeah, it like this it should literally be like this car's biggest weapon. You know, is like stopping because it doesn't weigh that much. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm coming into like every braking zone. Like if there's five braking markers, like I'm letting off at like the imaginary eight and like hitting the brakes at like the, the seven. You know, um, so I'm giving up way too much time. I'm not utilizing like any strength in the car. I'm like eight or ten seconds off the pace I want to be at, which sucks. I bet so, those those and it's just factory and it's scary. Honda, it's like downright scary. I but, bet those factory Honda ones will be totally fine. I mean, they, the, I'm, I'm I'm like I'm positive it's got to be the calipers. I've changed everything else. I've bled it a thousand times. Uh, I can literally see the because uh, I've got a I've got the floor mount master cylinders. You know. Um, the, the floor mount OBP pedal box, and I can see with the balance with the balance bar, you just take the cover off. You can see which master cylinder is dropping, you know, because it's got it pushes on both master cylinders at the same time, and so the master for the rear brakes like instantly stops moving. So I know the rear brakes are working, um, and then the master cylinder for the front brakes just drops and drops and drops, uh, and the further the harder you push. Like the this like you can hear this like this like bending squeaky noise up front. So, yeah. um, it's 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 almost gotta be a stuck caliper, you know. I so. mean, I never I never hear good things about those calipers. I just go back to OEM I, stuff. I had uh, I had a uh, a brand new set of Willwoods on my CRX, and they were like fine. Um, they weren't any better than the factory ITA bricks, which are OEM SI bricks, but. Yeah, I think the, I don't know, I'm, uh, the, the OEM that's, stuff. That's gonna be the first step. The OEM stuff actually works really good. It's, you know, you get a little bit more pad taper, um, right? Because they move yep. around more. And one thing I figured out this year is that if I'm, I cannot be lazy about lubing the pins. Like I need to lube the pins no. in the front caliper between every single race. Because every time really? I really, you do it every time. Uh, yeah, like I, I'm. I was lazy about it one time, and then I always find them stuck. But there's one thing I need to do is these calipers have – so there's two pins, right? There's one right. is just metal at the top, and the one at the bottom has sort of like a rubber like grommet at the end of the pin. And I think it's to like yep. cut down on noise so they don't slide big, you know, back in and forth when you're driving on the street. But it's mm -hmm. it seems like those those rubbers they they get too hot and then they like grime up and then they stick. Yeah. So that's one thing I'm doing too before. I hate it when. 
I hate it when your rubber sticks. Yeah. It gets grimy. Yeah. It's so nasty. Yeah, you got yeah, you need to make sure your rubbers are properly lubed so that they slide yeah, over exactly. the over the shaft very nice and tight. <laughs> yep, you know, you don't want any movement there, man. It's a terrible joke. That was like a, uh, it was like we like sort of saw a joke, and then we we're like, hey, there's a joke. Let's just kick it down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's kick it, and then we'll run downstairs and we'll jump on top of that joke some more. Like what? Would, what, would, what would Austin Cabot say if he was here? You know, uh, it would have been it would have been funnier than everything we said. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and, and and to add insult to injury, like. With my brake problems, like then all of a sudden in race three, uh, I didn't finish race one or race two because of dumb issues. Uh, race two, I bailed. Race one, I bailed out because the brakes the brakes got stupid, uh, like it got real bad. Uh, race three, race two, I bailed out because I'm going through like the six seven complex and I noticed my car had zero oil pressure. And I'm like, oh geez, and I got onto the back straight and shut it down and coasted. I almost got hit by Gordon uh, in the TL because I wasn't paying attention to my mirrors. I uh, shut it down and coasted, and then I fired it back up, and it had perfect oil pressure, so it was a gauge, like something on the something on the cluster or in the sensor got stupid, and then it was fine after that. And the oil was clean and everything, but uh, but I was already like on my way into the pits before I started it back up. And it was raining um, and at night. Oh, uh, no, oh, yeah, that's right. No, that was the reason that it, uh, I missed the first race. The, the second race was the r- night race, right? Uh yeah, the second race yeah. is a night race. Yeah no no I yeah so I I didn't even do the night race because I didn't trust the engine and then I test checked the engine overnight. Yeah so, so that my was, first race that was, was the oil pressure. Yeah race one then you had that yeah. issue. No, I, I bailed out of qualifying because of the brakes. The, I did like two laps and like it just, they were terrible. So I bled the brakes again and they didn't change at all because you, when you don't bleed air out you just keep bleeding uh, straight fluid through nothing changes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, um, the definition and then of insanity. the night race was rad, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. I feel I felt like a crazy person, and I was like too stressed about the night race uh, with the rain and everything to wanna try to put myself in a car. But yeah, like um, the listeners like yeah. might not get the picture. It was pouring rain. Like it was clear. Yeah. It was clear yeah. all day. There was no forecast of rain. Um, and perfect, as, perfect day. As soon as the track got dark, it started raining for like all the time attack sessions at night, and we raced at not yep. at nine p.m. So it was totally dark. Yeah, you guys were the last race. Yeah, I I um, I bailed out too and cracked an adder day because I didn't I don't have any good rain tires. Like I have some street tires that I will race on in the rain if it's daylight, but like I'm not racing on sketchy street tire rains at night i'm not tiffany kelly out there and on r7s at night dude what a monster that's a crazy idea and she did it and didn't crash in an s2000 Um, too s2000s are so like their throttle pedal is very sensitive so it's there was it was kind of so like i was standing next to renee our new race director uh for gltc she's going to be the one handling uh in renee hines she was on the podcast years ago um She's going to be handling, like, driver incidents uh, and, like, run a show and everything like that. This is kind of her first weekend, like, semi-getting into it. And, like, we were both like, oh, what are we doing? This is the worst idea ever. We're going to ruin everything. Because <laughs> it was, like, slicker than snot out there. Uh, time Attack, it did fine. Nobody got stuck. But uh, everybody was like, wow, the track is so slippery. Um, and and then you're doing it in the dark to compound things. Um 
but like the start was the thing I'm worried about. We're sending like 25 or 30 cars into turn one. Uh, we had the idea the week before to do two pace laps so everybody could get like used to the lighting a little bit. Um, and that worked out good. That was, and then like Tom O'Gorman, night of, uh, comes in. He was driving a time attack car, and he says, "You got to let the, everybody do two pace laps." I'm like, "Yeah, good. That was my idea already. <laughs> so uh. I'm glad I'm not an idiot." <laughs> um, and uh, so that worked out well. And then they all did it. They all did it perfectly. Like nobody crashed. Yeah, so. we had we had a couple spins, but no one got stuck um, at all. Yeah, you know. So it was it was great. No, it it was it was, it the, was uh, a great. Uh, it was a great night. It was the Eric Kutil show uh, on his H2Os, just out there shredding. Holy crap. He added a lot. Man, he, added, he, he added a lot of light for the uh, front of his car, and he could see, and he, he was going fast. He uh, he reset the overall grid life uh, wet record at Midwest Festival. It was a 58 yeah. at Gingerman. Or not grid life, but the overall grid life Gingerman wet record for any class. Time attack, unlimited, whatever. And, and that... And I ran a 158. That day, it was not actively raining during that race. It was wet. But I raced that race on uh, on our sevens, and it, it was it was dry at the end. Like the H two Os were getting hot at the end. This night race, it was yep. raining the entire time. It was full rain. Full rain. And he ran a didn't he run a two o? He ran a two, a two minute flat, right? Two, either that or a two o two o two. I think was what he was what he ran. Yeah. So he was flying in the in the pitch black, pitch black. And then D, DJ Alessandrini was on like Michelin Pilot Super Sports or something, and only went. And he he finished second, did like a two oh nine, so seconds seven seconds yeah. slower on street tires compared to yeah it was H2Os. it was nuts, and uh, it was pretty funny because the winning formula guys you know we we had uh, Aaron Leakey and Rob Mancherry in the K twenty fours cars, and then of course Emil Tab too in this BP Beast, uh, but Emil Emil was just on uh, RS fours like beat old enduro tires, but um, Rob, right. Rob and Aaron both had H2Os, but they they didn't, like, really do anything for lights. Like, uh, we shouldn't have even let Rob out. He didn't have tail lights, only brake lights. He didn't? No. <clears throat> but I didn't I didn't catch that one. No. Did, he didn't have neons or anything? No, just headlights and brake lights. Oh. Okay. We uh, we let uh, Adam Roberts um, out in uh, in the Sam Myers Motorsports CRX. We let him out because he had neons underneath the car, but he didn't have running lights. Ah. Uh, um, but uh, I didn't notice that Rob didn't have running lights either. Me neither. So I didn't walk that. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, he must have been sitting in grid with his feet on the brakes to to hide it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't think he knew it was a rule or cared. Uh, <laughs> But but yeah, like I didn't. I don't think Rob cares about all the rules. Yeah, I, I didn't really notice. <laughs> but you can guarantee next year they'll have lights because their feedback was pretty hilarious. Um, I mean, they had headlights, but they just weren't like extra bright ones. Uh, like Rob had like tinted factory lights, and then Aaron just had like some little basically like three inch long LEDs, kind of like in where the factory NA Miata parking lamps or turn signals are. You know, like the little space right, right. there. Um, Yep, but Aaron started first, right, and then immediately got passed by Eric, and then DJ was like behind him. But Aaron was like letting DJ by on purpose because Aaron couldn't see. He said that he could have probably went, <laughs> he probably could have went ten seconds a lap faster, but he could not see. He said the grip actually felt good on the H two Os, but he was he followed yeah. he followed DJ the entire race because DJ had lights 
and so he could see where he was going. <laughs> he just could not see, huh? No, he couldn't see. Um, and on Friday night, um, I was bummed. I, uh, I think a, a big part of the reason I didn't want to go out is because I was getting so stressed during time attack, and, and I also had that weird oil pressure at zero for no real reason thing. But uh, I also didn't have any wipers. But on Friday night, I was out there uh, setting up lights with Chris and Cone and uh, our buddy Bart, uh, and we were setting up generators, figuring out where we wanted lights. Like trying, we we lit every apex with uh, with like a street lamp. Uh, at about a five foot high level, um, and we were trying to like position it to where when you drove past it, it wouldn't like blind you for a second, you know. Yeah. Um, and we tried to we we spent we spent way too much time trying to get like the best spots for the lights because like if you if you get the if you get twenty five thousand lumens in your eye uh, for like a split second, like you're going to have that burned into your retinas for i don't know half a lap you know yeah. like i don't want i didn't want to mess anybody up so um so uh, yeah we spent a lot of time doing that and then i drove it a couple laps in my car and i had put led light beams in the parking bumpers and then i also put led uh like blocks like uh like big fog lights uh aiming off like at the apex like off the side um and I could. I felt like I could have driven it at on Friday night. I felt like I could have driven it ten tenths, like and and I saw everything. Like I felt really good about my lighting, uh, and yeah. And then when it was raining, and then the car was stupid, and I was like racked with stress. I was like, what a waste of time that lighting was. <laughs> but at least I got it figured out for future use. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have um, it set up for next year because we have plans for two night races next year. Uh, that's uh that's true that's true we're hoping to do one at pikes peak and then back at this one or maybe at uh maybe a midwest festival even i'm 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 kind of i'm kind of pitching the midwest festival idea right now. oh that would so. be real fun uh i think under the nights at midwest festival the only like really the only thing i'm scared about is it'd be hard to keep an eye on all the spectators so oh yeah sneaking um, onto the track that's a good point you wouldn't want yeah, you wouldn't want some idiot to walk over the three foot high fence uh, and not be able to see him. So that would pro- that's probably the main reason if we don't do it that that we won't do it. But um, but then yeah, on Sunday morning for race three, uh, I I I started the back of the pack um, just because I hadn't finished a race yet and I didn't really care. So I came late, started the back of the pack, and uh, I had picked off four or five people uh and then all of a sudden i'm coming i round out turn 10 i I, coming out of turn 10 i always have a habit of looking at my oil pressure and then looking to the right and looking at my air fuel ratio um and the oil pressure was perfect like mid 60s like at 5,000 rpms uh and the air fuels are perfect they were right at like 13.1 um and then i looked up uh, and the car goes like it was screaming like everything's fine and then it fell on its face for a second I'm like, that was weird. And then I'm like, oh, I don't have any power at all. So I clutched in and watched the engine go to zero RPMs, uh, coasted all the way down the straightaway, coasted into the pits. Um, and uh, when I pulled to a stop, I tried to restart it again, and, it's, and, it went, and it just cranked super fast like it had zero compression. So now I have an engine issue that I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, Your dash doesn't uh, have I, warnings on it? There, there was nothing. There was no problems. Like it, it just shut off. Oh wow! So no, like no. We're talking no drop in oil pressure. Well, I guess uh, low, com- like a, a busted 
piston ring or something, losing compression that way, you wouldn't even lose oil pressure, would you? It would just go wah. No, the oil pressure is great. Yeah. I'll bet you it's not even bottom end. Um, I think I think it jumped time, uh, or the camshaft broke. Uh, my my working theory is that the camshaft is broken somewhere, but I got to pull it all apart. I didn't. Uh, it's only Tuesday, and yeah, I didn't have any time. I didn't but. know camshafts break. The camshafts definitely can break. Yep. Wow. So. Well, that sucks, man. Uh, so I'm a little little bummed about that. I uh, uh, hopefully the bottom end is fine. I can just slap a different head on it or get the head redone. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm wondering if like the 10,000 RPM accidental over revs might have like damaged something. Oh yeah, so, that's true too. Yeah. But the oil pressure was great, and the oil is totally clean. There's no sparkles in the oil, so it's not bearings. Uh, but uh, it's definitely something. And I didn't hear any carnage either. Like, I didn't hear, like, valves slapping into something. Um, but I, I'm guessing if uh, if the camshaft broke, it probably bent a bunch of valves. Or if it, it might have just jumped a couple of a teeth in timing, and uh, and maybe the valves are just opening at the wrong well, time. Well, you know how but, I feel. I say you just put a stock motor in, or at least just a stock head on that motor. And then turbo that bad boy. I'm kind of thinking about it because we kind we kind of like we built a class, and then we actually built a class not for any of our cars on accident. (laughs) We thought (laughs) like it's Cattell's car is like the closest, but but that dude's been modding the crap out of his car. (laughs) Yeah, and he's and he's his car is so far away from where it was a year ago. Yeah, it's 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 like 200 pounds heavier than STL trim, and it's going seconds faster at every track. Yeah. Turns out more yeah, more, uh, more aero and wider wheels makes cars faster. Yeah, it does. It does. I need to I need to probably get on that train one of these days. But I just want like the I want a car that like stops uh, well right now. That's all I really want. But and, and runs well. But. I do have a I have a turbo manifold. I, I, my very first turbo manifold that I ever used, I still have, uh, and so I might use that thing. That would bolt right on, and then it, I just need to find a, a, a tiny, tiny T3 turbo. But um, I can pr- I can probably make like if I did like four psi, like with a, with a giant wastegate, I could probably run like. 165 170 wheel horsepower for a long wide range uh and that's the jam that's what i would kind of need to do yeah that would be really easy to drive you could even put like a a real long final drive in it you know just yeah i mean not even shift uh, that much it uh yeah you wouldn't even need a wild trans if you got a fat power band you know no you just need a good diff I've uh, I've got uh, I've got the good trans sitting out here already. It's getting ready to be worked on, and uh, and it needs a, a shorter final drive or a taller no a taller final drive. It's got way too short of a final, um, and I think it would kind of be ready to go. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what what I want to do. I sort of want to do ITBs for the noises, but like I sort of want to do turbo just to to be mid pack or upper pack, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it could be fun. It's definitely, it definitely sucks to have a car that's not prepped all the way to the rules. No, so I've had, I had like some of the best races that I ever had uh, in Dan the Sedan at Midwest Festival, though, like battling with Clayton in that old Camaro. Like it was the most fun ever. <laughs> uh, his car like put like six six 
car lengths on me in the straightaway, and then like I would put six car lengths on him in the braking zone, and like I was a little better at the turning than him, and he was a lot better at the at the not turning than me, and because uh, of the you know I mean, I'm in a tiny little Civic and he's in a big Camaro, in, it was just so fun. In a in like an isolated window, like you have fun in the moment there, but it's a little different, yeah. I think, to be in like your car that's prepped and like. You you feel like you shouldn't have excuses. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're in Dan the Stand, like well, you yeah, already yeah. know, like there's no expectations, right? Um, no, you're just out there to to purely have fun. The car's not prepped to the rules at all. Exactly, um, exactly. But whenever but, whenever uh, whenever you yeah. whenever you're like you have a fast car but not enough motor, it's really annoying because you end up racing against the people that have the motor that maybe have a little bit less driving talent. You know, and then right. you end up stuck behind them because they have motor, and it's frustrating. Yep. I just dealt. No, I dealt I, with that this year, so it's like in my mind. But I don't really have that problem anymore because I spent a bunch of money. <laughs> you did swipe that card, man. What? Yeah, uh, uh, you you swiped that credit card for the uh, for the for the power. <laughs> yeah, we got some. We got some more Johnnies under the hood now. Yeah, I I I think for the weight of the car, like. It made 141 wheel, and it did not feel as strong this weekend as it did at Blackhawk, and it was colder out. Um, it, it was, like, I love the setup of the car. Like, it's it rotates beautifully. Uh, it does everything well except for uh, go and stop. Uh, it does all the turn-in things the way I want so far, and I love the seating position. I, like, I love the, the pedal position. Uh, the car is like effortless to drive, like this, like the actual driving part. Uh, it just doesn't do the two things that make it fast. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't do go, and it doesn't do stop very well. Well, uh, stop, stop. You'll figure out. Um, yeah, yeah. So. But it's got to have a little bit more go. Uh, it would, for the current weight of it, it would need like one sixty five, one seventy. But uh, yeah. if I can do that turboed. Uh, with a little bit more weight because of the turbo modifier. Turbo modifier is what two percent, three percent? I forget. Two percent. Yeah, and so I, then I wouldn't even have to do all like the weight reduction that I want to do. And I, like, like I, it's like, it's like less stuff I would have to do. We, we gave <laughs> we gave back um, a percent for under two liters, and so now you'd actually right. really need to make even more power. Um, which I don't think you can even really do with your motor unless you went like fourteen to one compression, E eighty five. No, no. Big cams. Yeah, I'd have to make I'd have to either pull a hundred pounds out of the car or two hundred pounds out of the car, which I can maybe get sixty or eighty and then like maybe twenty off myself. Yeah. Um I'd have to do that and, and then run it low on fuel, which I don't really want to do. Uh and then Yeah, I, it's a lot of stuff the my car isn't a GLTC car yet, so just trying to find the, the best, most economical way to make it a full GLTC build. You know? I say turbo. I mean, I can tell that you really don't feel like having to deal with the inconvenience of E85, which you really need to do on any small NA motor right now in the oh, rolls, yeah. you know. So yep. I would just do that. It would cost me more to do that, to do flex fuel and, like, new tuning and ITBs than it would to just put a turbo on it, too. Like, I can, put a, I can get a turbo setup on this thing for, like, $400. Yeah. And it would be so got much easier to drive. I've got plenty of fuel injector already. I've got the RDX like 390 cc's. If I'm doing like sub 200 horsepower, I got plenty of fuel. I got plenty of fuel pump. Um, 
it just needs it just needs a little bit more a uh, little bit more of them them johnnies like you say add the turbo <laughs> i mean uh, cody mason his car i mean he had some teething problems and then he wrecked it but before that the thing pulled strong i mean like until like he was behind me at atlanta and all he his car is so crazy it's just an ebay turbo under the bumper ran the boost piping through the yeah. through the cabin and just right up to the front so like you didn't have to buy a manifold or anything did he do an intercooler or no no intercooler he just straight up ran piping through the car right into the intake manifold. yeah he said he said that it's kind of red <laughs> he said that an intercooled uh like front setup under the hood was a similar volume to going all the way to the back well, I know, but like it doesn't. Uh, it, it also cools the air. So. I know. Um, he um, said that he would want to. Yeah. He said he'd want to do an intercooler. He said he definitely noticed some heat soak or whatever. But he said if he does one, he's gonna right. he's gonna put it he's gonna put it in the door. The past. That's a cool idea. Is he fi- is he fixing that car or no? Uh, yeah, he's fixing it. He's gonna fix. Oh, good. It. good. Have it ready for NCM, hopefully. Um, yeah, he went off. He went off avoiding someone at Road America and found the wall with it. So yeah, it was kind of a gaggle. Um, it was like a pack of four cars, and one car blew it, blew a clutch and just lost all power. And then right there was the second car went left, the third car went right, and then Cody could have probably slowed down, but he didn't want to lose his momentum, and he thought that he could kind of like put a couple wheels off in the grass and get around and uh the wall sort of protrudes right there at road america and he just smoked it right so what that was what a turn three or um no that was turn one turn one okay it was way up there yeah i thought it was uh i thought it was just i thought it was the next turn downstream but uh, all these events have blurred together it's hard to remember anything yeah it's been a it's been a really really packed year i just hope that we it's been very packed my request for 2020 is i i need at least one paycheck in between each event <laughs> we're trying man uh, we're trying so it we'll uh it, it, it that we're i'm trying to make it uh two weekends between the closest events like there will probably be one there'll probably be one one event that's got only one weekend between this event and that event but there'll be different kinds of events uh, like honda meet and and a grid life event yeah you know? honda meet doesn't count um, really for me no it's different but i i really i mean i don't know i i don't want to do that many events i want to do like six or eight we're uh we're we're deep in the discussion of a lot of things mid ohio just threw uh, an interesting date at us today um i don't know we'll see where we go see where it goes but um but yeah, we got some. Uh, I got some cars to fix, and you got uh, you got a new truck. You bought an F one fifty, yeah, three point so five turbo diesel, turbo EcoBoost thinger. I got yeah. really mad whenever my seven three broke, um, because it really it took away one of our race weekends this year, and so I fixed yeah. it, and then I sold it. I got pretty okay money for it, and uh, I I paid off the credit card that I used to fix it with. And then I had a little bit, <laughs> I had a little bit left over, and I put that down on a. I found a 2017 F-150, 50,000 miles, uh, with a max tow package. So it's got right. like 470 torque, and a big giant 36 gallon fuel tank. Oh wow! 
and it has a capacity with like my it depends on like if you have a long bed or a short bed and if you have 20 inch wheels or 18 inch wheels but for my truck the towing capacity is 12,200 on a half ton holy cow with uh if you use a that, load distributing hitch or whatever that's higher than i would have thought i thought it would be like 10 no 12 2 um and that's big you can that's a big trailer if you wanted to yeah so the like my future plans i would like to get uh 28 foot atc like a base one like a real light like no cabinets um right so i could tow two miatas if i wanted to or an acti and a miata or have my car yeah. in a bunch of room the uh i mean and it does make some sense because now you have a third vehicle that you can turbo uh which is good yeah i that's how uh, i justified it to myself and then i bought it and i kind of love it too much to throw it so i'm not gonna throw it you're you're not gonna do it no i love it too much oh uh, man <laughs> but it would probably pay for itself i don't care <laughs> I, changed, I get it. I get it. I changed my mind. I'm in, like after having it, I'm in love with it. It's a 10-speed transmission yeah. too. It gets like That's so wild. It gets like 23 highway. Um, and it's got to be shifting all the time. <laughs> it kind of is, but it's so fast and smooth that you don't feel it or know or tell or anything. So it's kind of cool. How did how did Alex like it? Oh, she loves it because, of course, like, she helps me tow whenever she comes. And so this one is, like, much quieter. The steering is tight. Like, any old 7.3s, you know, they're, like, super right. loose. Of course, it's still yeah. it's a lot lighter truck, right? Like, this truck probably weighs 5,000 pounds. They're really light, the aluminum F-150s. And so you definitely feel yeah. the trailer weight a little more. Um, like the seven three, like you literally don't know. It, like people say that, but with an aluminum tr open trailer and an F two fifty, like you really cannot tell that it's back there. Um, no, because like know. I like I had wheel bearings go out and like pulled smoke wheel bearings for a hundred miles because I had no idea they they were even smoked because truck so big. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one, like you definitely know know it's back there, but the motor is the same. Like the power, same power kind of. Oh yeah, like I mean. It's a hundred percent fast, yeah. faster than a FIP pulling a trailer. Yeah, like I think I could probably go faster at Gingerman than a FIP pulling my trailer with that F one fifty. You probably could. It probably makes uh, as much torque and way more horsepower than a seven point three too. Um, the dyno numbers like of a if you took a stock seven three like not like not completely stock but like a stock one with like the programmer everyone you know just like a basic tune they dyno like exactly the mm -hmm. same. Yeah, you know it's kind of cool. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty similar torque. Uh, the gas motor makes a lot more horsepower. <clears throat> yeah, but it's, it, I mean, I love it. I, I definitely highly recommend. Like, if you're not towing over ten thousand pounds, you know, once you get over ten thousand pounds, you start to break into the, you know, it's probably better just to get a three quarter ton. But if you if you're towing right. under under ten thousand pounds, I mean, I definitely recommend it. Uh, towing so towing on the way there i got between like 12 and 13 miles per gallon depending on the wind and hills and uh no i was kind of like oh i was like okay with that you know like that's pretty good that's pretty similar to what my f my lifted f-250 got but of course gas is a lot cheaper yeah. and my range is a lot longer because yep. my f-250 had a 26 gallon tank only and it you know the uh 
the little foot had fell off the bottom of the pickup on the gas tank, so you couldn't really run it below a quarter tank anyway. Um, so it was like a 200-mile oh, really? range. It sucked. But this one this yeah. one was a 450-mile range pulling the trailer, and no trailer, like 600, 650. All right, so it's super awesome for these long toes. Um, but on the, on the way back, I like I started to get a shake, and I went and checked my tires, and I had a uh, and I was only like 300 miles from home at this point. I had a tire that had wore itself out, and I put all new tires on this trailer beginning of the season, and I, so I guess I've got like, like eight thousand miles ago. <laughs> yeah, eight thousand miles ago at the beginning of the season. So I've got what I think is maybe a bad hub or something like that. Maybe it'll misalign or something. So I'm gonna go through that because I replaced everything on that trailer. Pretty much like all new hubs except for that one that has a wore out tire. So I think that right. that one might be a problem child. So I'm gonna fix that. But anyway, so I put the spare on and and from from there to home it got fifteen. Like between Wow. It got fifteen pulling the trailer going seventy one and when I went seventy five it went down to about thirteen point eight to fourteen. Did you uh have you have you checked the accuracy of the computer? Is it pretty accurate? Uh, I did my first tank and it was like within a half a gallon. Okay, yeah. so pretty close. So pretty, uh, pretty close. Like uh, the new ones are, uh, as long as you use the same tire that they came with, right? If you change tire sizes, then they they get off. Like yeah. the old trucks used to be like super off, but these new ones are pretty yeah. pretty close. Yeah, it's kind of a fun game yeah, game, a, game to play when you're driving. Trying to get more than uh, more miles per gallon than you were previously, huh? Yeah. But yeah, so I'm yeah, I, pretty impressed. I, uh, I'm, I, I was pretty impressed with the interior on the thing, too. It's uh, it's amazing how different it is than, like, my 15-year-old truck. But, yeah, it's just, um, it's convenient, right? Like, you know, there's a backup camera, so you can put the ball right underneath the trailer. And mine's not even loaded. Like, Isn't it, that the best? Huh? That's the best. <laughs> the backup camera by the ball is the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a rear facing camera, right, for backing up. But it has a little button. Yeah. That that t- turns it to where it looks straight down on the ball, so you can just put it right underneath. It's pretty rad. And then like all the trailer brakes and everything is uh, connected to the truck, and it all works on the dash. There's lights in the bed, and there's LED on the tail light, so it like lights up the trailer area when you're hooking the trailer up. Yeah. Four wheel drive, locking uh, electronic locking rear diff, um, heated cloth seats, which I used the shit out wow. of because for some reason it was really cold up there. It was. I've never seen a heated cloth seat. Every heated seat I've ever been in was leather. This one was cloth, and it's very nice. But it's not a loaded. Yeah, it's a nice looking truck. It's not loaded. It's like a XLT with the power package or whatever. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't. Know. I really like it. Makes me. Makes me want to buy a new truck. <laughs> <laughs> Just for me. I, I, go ahead. I, I, I love my Cummins truck, like my Cummins Swap F350, but it's like the most basic thing in the history of the world. Like it's so dirty basic, you know. Uh, it would be nice to have like really good AC and like heated seats <laughs> <laughs> and a warranty. Yeah, that was the uh, biggest thing for me. So it was a warranty. I. Of course, that's 50,000 miles, right? So the factory warranty is almost out, 10,000 miles left. So I bought a Ford Extended Protect because, like, that's the cheat code is you don't buy from the dealership you're buying from. What you do is you buy one, 
and then you go online through one of these like national dealers for these warranties and you mm -hmm. buy the Ford branded one or you know Chrysler branded one whatever kind of truck you have and they'll sell them for like basically half off so for like two really? for like two thousand dollars I got a warranty for five more years from now bumper to bumper till the truck has 127,000 miles that's a lot of miles. Yeah, so 75,000 miles of warranty for that much. And that's bumper to bumper it, with a $200 deductible. Uh, and it covers pretty much it's everything. It's pretty insane. Everything but, like, lights and, like, wear items. But as far as, like, electronics, motor, trans, like, all that stuff. So that's my program so from I assume, now on. I, I assume you're, plan you're not planning on modifying it. You're just going to use it, right? Just going to use it. Like, when the tires wear out, I'll put... Um, probably some alternate tires on and that's it I'm just going to use it cool I mean I wouldn't want it to be any yeah. faster it's so fast yeah totally fine huh? yeah and I don't Yeah, you can probably drive that for several years and get most of your money out of it too you know yeah yeah exactly I got a really good deal on it yeah and so I'm, I mean I'll basically I'm going to drive it till it hits 127,000 miles and I'm going to trade it on another one and do the same thing I'm just gonna yeah. keep keep doing it's that. Kinda rad. I mean, this. I think I I like I love my 7.3. Like I kind of have an emotional attachment to that motor and those F250s. Um, and if I was just doing local racing, you know, around Texas and 200 miles from the house, 300 miles from the house, that would be fine, right? Because if the truck broke, you can just rent a truck. You know, it's no big deal to rent a truck for just a weekend. But with all my grid life stuff, you know, to rent a truck for a week is a lot different. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you start, you know, whenever you're doing regular 1,200-mile one-way tows, 2,500-mile round trip, like, seven times a year, eight times a year, you need something that you can depend on. Yeah. And also comfort. comfort. It's a lot, a lot of you, driving. You need something comfortable, right? Because, like, whenever you drive for a day, like, the 7.3 beats you up a bit, right? But that F-150, right. you're comfy. It's quiet. It's, like, no decibels in the cabin. That was the same thing with my RV, like going from my my uh, my old RV to my new one. Like for long hauls, like it's so much more comfortable and it's a, it's quieter. And like I, I got to Colorado after having driven like, you know, for 20 hours and like I wasn't wore out. Like I, and I drove my dad's truck, like his old F-250. I drove that thing to Detroit a while back and I got like five hours away to Detroit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, it, ta it takes it out of you. Yeah, where's he out? So, Dude, well, I think we made a podcast, Derek. Are you done? Uh, well, we're into this thing for almost an hour, dude. Almost an hour. Well, I want to talk. Yeah, I'm gonna go do some wife stuff. <laughs> I want to. I want to end on my stoke for. I went three seconds faster than Midwest Festival this last weekend. How'd you do that with the with the engine mods? Uh, well, and the, and the Derek mod. I added a wing and 17 horsepower. I don't think that adds three seconds, so I think I drove a little better. Well, that's probably most of it. Yeah, you probably got about a second in car prep, but a couple seconds in Derek prep is good. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I did a. The uh, you were you're on the you're on the same basic tires, right? The same what? Tires. Like the same set. Yeah, I mean, like the same size. Yeah, that's the same set too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You did Atlanta, or you did 
Midwest, Atlanta, and Gingerman on the same set of tires? So I, I did, I did Mid Ohio on a set of stickers, and we we did we had a lot of sessions at Mid Ohio, so they they kind of got a lot of heat cycles on them fast, and then I mm-hmm. I saved, I bought another set of stickers for Midwest Festival, and I only used them on Sunday, and so I just only really used the stickers for the races. So I basically I had like yeah. a practice set that I was using a lot of heat, you know for every practice and most of the qualifyings and then I would only use that one set for the races. So the at race okay. race four was a, the eleventh heat cycle for that set. I think oh, that's, that's not that bad. That's a, You're still in it. That's a key to getting your money out of the Hoosiers is you just need two sets of wheels, and you right. know you only use the good tires for the races and you can really like stretch them out you know make them last a long time uh, uh, i've heard a lot of people talking about uh with with like r6s r7s all like hoosiers for the last eight ten years like uh a lo- another thing is to like get them get them hot in the first time but and then like take them off the car right away uh and just let them set overnight uh, and they wear better, and they're like it doesn't change their their speed, but they wear better, and everything is better with uh, if you like do the the heat cycle the first time if you do it the right way, but yeah. uh, or if you buy them heats if you buy them heat cycled like through Tire Rack or somebody. I've like, heard that too. I've well, I've heard some people say it works, and then some people say that it doesn't work. So I've kind yeah. of heard there's a lot of, there's like a lot of witchcraft and like uh, voodoo uh, that surrounds our compounds. It sounds like yeah, definitely. Um, like I mean, I'm, the internet doesn't agree. I think our short our short races are definitely helping the tires live. Probably. Um, yeah. But I don't know. That was a that was a fun, tell you what, fun I, weekend last I, weekend. I, I drove on those Nankang AR ones the first time this weekend. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty freaking impressed with those things man are they good i can't wait to drive on yeah like i can't wait to drive on them like with real power and brakes like uh they felt like they had they felt like they had like world more grip than like old rs4s which is the only other thing i've ever driven this car on but that'll be really um, cool especially they were pretty rad especially because once you get your car working you have a set of sticker r7s too to use so you can kind of compare yeah the speed and grip of both of them together see how much yeah i'm i'm looking to, i'm looking to find the right set of rims for those things i'm looking to get a little bit of wider set of rims because i'm gonna run hoosiers like i'm not gonna dink around on like seven inch rims i need to get a set of eights or something but yeah so some nines can you yeah. fit some nines uh, i don't know then I, I can't really fit nines in the back but uh, efs aren't as big as egs yeah well nines in the front eights in the back would be tight they're only 205s though Oh, they're only two hundred fives. Yeah, I just do eights then. Yeah, I can't. I can't run uh, unless I add a bunch of weight. I couldn't really run two twenty fives with Hoosiers. Well, I love my Koenig decagrams. I know you like to be a little more hot boy with your wheels, but they're so strong. No, I, I like the I like the Koenig stuff. I just uh, I I really ha- I have these two weird sets of JDM like old school wheels. Yeah, <laughs> and I just like them. They're cool, <laughs> but they're not ideal for like a Hoosier or something. But, yeah, um, you, well, they're probably. Like that, those Nankings are pinched on those wheels, those work wheels that you have. They look so rad, though, dude. They do look cool. <laughs> they do look really cool. Yeah, they're they're not. It's not ideal, I know. But but right now the car's not ideal. <laughs> so 
<laughs> yeah, o- overall, it was a pretty rad year, though. I, I had a really good time. Um, and I'm kind of tired. Um, well, I can't even believe like you actually convinced me to do a podcast. Because like, two hours ago, I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like so talking th- about it. So no, no one believed him because he messaged me yesterday and was like, let's do a podcast tomorrow. And I'm like... I can't. Yeah. I said yesterday. I, I, yesterday. Not today. I said no because if I do any more car things, my wife is probably going to divorce me. So <laughs> I could. Yeah, I, but that was yesterday, not today. Today, I didn't want to do any car things. And then, <laughs> and then you, you even text. He actually, you texted me this morning to remind me to bring my recorder to work so yeah. we could do this on the way home. And then. Yesterday you know. when I when I talked to you yesterday I was like he's going to forget his recorder. Yeah. And so I set a note yesterday in my phone to remind you this morning because I use my calendar on my phone like a crazy person like literally every 15 minutes there's a reminder so I don't forget anything. But that does work well. It's uh, that it's, tactic. It's 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 like it's like a religion with me now is my calendar. Hey, but, well it helped my drive go. Um, I have a, I have an hour home, hour long drive home on the work Tuesday nights, so yeah. Worth the, and then, well, we made a podcast. Let's yeah. let's let's do that more often. Let's yeah. utilize that hour drive. So. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. I'm gonna go inside and take a shower and hang out with my wife. So. All right. Later. All right, buddy. I'll we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit City Grid Live to say hello. Hello.